Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's August 29, 2016 and this is episode 538. Capture One Pro is a very powerful raw image processing application that supports the photographer's digital workflow from importing through to exporting in a number of formats. Today, we're going to look at many of the ways in which you can export your images from Capture One Pro, including printing. Last week, we covered importing and organizing images and catalogs in Capture One Pro. Right now, I'm in Greenland and next week, I'll be in Iceland, photographing some of the planet's most beautiful and striking landscapes so I'm going to save a tutorial on processing images until after I get back. As I'm still relatively new to Capture One, this will give me more time to practice my own various processing techniques, so the discussion will be more valuable for you, and I'll hopefully have some nice photos from Greenland and Iceland to share with you as well. This week, let's concentrate on getting your processed images back out of Capture One in a number of different formats. If you simply need to export your original RAW files or any other format of image that you might have in your catalogue, you can simply export the original file as I do to make a copy of my final selects to my finals folder as I mentioned last week. To do this, select the images that you want to export and right click one of the thumbnails and from the shortcut menu, select export. Then select Originals. You can also get to this option from the File menu. I don't change the image name on Export because I changed it on Import. After checking the destination etc, click the Export button as you can see in this screenshot. Remember, if you're viewing on a device and you can't see the images, then go to the blog at mbp.ac538 to take a look at the images and you can follow along with the text as well if necessary. For most other file export operations, you'll first jump to the Output tab in Capture One Pro, which is the single cogwheel icon that you can see in orange in the top left corner of the screenshot that I'm showing you now. If you can't see the the detail, then click on the image on the blog to view it larger. In the output screen, you can create and select process recipes, which are used to export your images into various formats and sizes. There are a number of recipes already in this view when you first install Capture One Pro, but I think almost all of the ones that you can see in this screenshot are recipes that I've created myself. Capture One Pro supports exporting images in JPEG, JPEG QuickProof, JPEG XR, JPEG 2000, TIFF, DNG, PNG and PSD formats. If you intend to import your images back into Capture One Pro, avoid using Photoshop PSD files because they aren't supported. I'm now using the lossless TIFF format for all images that I will bring back into Capture One to continue to work on. Say for example, if I need to go into Photoshop to do some extensive cloning. 
You can change the file format from the format pull-down under the Process Recipe Basic section. But if you are going to output in that format more than once or twice, save yourself some time by creating a Process Recipe preset. To create a new recipe, click on the plus button in the bottom of the Process Recipes panel and an untitled recipe will be added to the list with the name selected ready for you to change it to something meaningful. You might enter something like TIFF 16-bit full-size ProPhoto RGB, which will be good for exporting images to edit in Photoshop. You can resize images during export as well and add watermarks, so let's look at how you might create an export for web process recipe. Note that if you start changing the settings under the process recipe section before creating a new recipe, it will just change the recipe that you currently have selected. So let's hit the plus button at the bottom of the process recipes section first and give our recipe a name like export for web. Although you can export as PNG, the JPEG format is more suitable for photographs for the web so select JPEG from the format pull-down. I usually select 92 for the quality because it halves the size of the file but leaves no visible artifacts in the image. Resolution is good at 72 pixels per inch for the web and I'm going to set the height of my images to 960 pixels. I like my landscape orientation images to be 1440 pixels wide and 960 pixels high, so to stop my portrait orientation images getting too tall, I also resize those to 960 pixels high, so just selecting 960 pixels high resizes both orientations correctly. I'd like to be able to open my images in Finder after they're all created, but Finder isn't actually listed as an application on the Mac OS, so I leave Open With set to None. Select an output location and if you want to change the name of your files on our output, create or select a preset for that too. You can see a summary of your settings in the process summary area, but before we click the process button, let's check a few other things. Under the adjustments tab, uncheck disable sharpening because you generally want your resized web images to be sharpened a little. Under Metadata, select your required options. It's best to keep your copyright information intact, but you may want to remove GPS coordinates, especially if you're going to share images from your home. Including camera metadata is usually okay, and actually better if you're sharing your images in an education-centric environment. And including keywords is usually a good idea too. If you like to watermark your images for the web, you can do that under the Watermark tab, as you can see in this screenshot. I just used my logo in black with a white drop shadow and reduced the opacity to 77%, and this makes it somewhat transparent, but you can see it on most colored backgrounds. So I don't have to mess around selecting a different colored logo depending on the background. The horizontal and vertical positions shown here will place the watermark in the bottom left-hand corner of the image. If you want to just position the logo with your mouse, 
click the little hand icon in the top right corner of the watermark panel. Once you've set that up, just click the process button and your selected images or image will be output to the output folder that you specified, resized and watermarked and ready for the web. One of the other great things about Capture One Pro output is that you can turn on the checkbox for multiple process recipes and once you press the process button you'll get a copy in all of the selected file formats and sizes. If you want to specify a specific output location for certain image types so that they don't all get put into the same output location you can select a different location under the file tab too and this is saved in your process recipe which is very useful. To send a selected photograph to a third-party application for editing, you can right-click a thumbnail and select Open With and select third-party applications such as Photoshop from the sub-menu. Keep in mind though that this method will open the original file without any of the changes that you've made in Capture One and that may not be what you want to do. A better option, if you want to keep your changes, yet send the image straight to a program such as Photoshop is to right click the image and select edit with which opens a dialog for you to select the format and color space etc as you can see in this screenshot. Note also that this will create a copy of the image that it sends to Photoshop. Also note that under the adjustments tab of this dialog there is a disable sharpening option most of the time RAW files need a little bit of sharpening to make them look normal again as RAW files can be a little bit soft. Keep this option in mind and uncheck it to enable sharpening as necessary. The great thing about using this edit with method is that the copy that is created is added to your catalogue automatically. So when you've finished editing in the third party program and save your image when you come back into Capture One Pro, it's right there waiting for you. One of the coolest things about Capture One Pro is that you're pretty much always in soft proof mode, which means that you get to see the effect that the selected color space or ICC profile has on your images as you edit and output them. In the earliest screenshots with the Himba Girl, I had a 16-bit TIFF process recipe selected and it was using the Profoto RGB color space. This gives me the most wiggle room when editing my images. I also have an Adobe RGB and an sRGB color space TIFF process recipe so that I can easily compare all three color spaces. Most of the time, as I switch between these various color spaces, the software does what it's supposed to do and correctly converts between these larger and smaller color spaces, so it's difficult to impossible to see any difference. I have a few black and white images that I've processed in Capture One Pro that do change slightly in the Capture One Pro interface, but when I export them, they all look exactly the same, so I think it's actually a problem with the software rendition of the image on screen. A very important application of this soft proofing feature is that you can choose to view your images using either a specific profile or always use the profile that you have selected in the process recipes list 
regardless of where you are in the user interface. To make Capture One always use the selected process recipe ICC profile, under the view menu, choose selected recipe from the proof profile submenu. With Capture One set up to always use the selected recipes ICC profile when creating your preview, you can create a recipe and select one of your print ICC profiles and select that to get a soft proofing view of your images before printing them. I selected a 16-bit TIFF and selected my printer ICC profile while creating a number of printer soft proofing profiles as you can see in this screenshot. Also note that when soft proofing for print, it's generally a good idea to change the background to white to simulate the white borders or matte around your print. If you view the print on a dark background, it makes the paper simulation look too harsh and it's difficult to really gauge what your printed image will look like. To change the background colour, go to your Capture One preferences and change the colour for the viewer under the Appearance tab. Also, while you're in the preferences, set a wide-ish proof margin, say of around 30 pixels. With that set, you can easily turn on the proof margin with the button at the top left corner of the viewing area, next to where it says background in this screenshot. Finally, if you have viewer labels turned on, showing shooting information and the file name below the large preview of your photo, Turn that off by selecting Hide Viewer Labels under the View menu. By this point, you'll have a photo totally surrounded by white. You can see in this screenshot that when selecting a matte media type like Breathing Colors Pure Upper Gas Smooth, the image can look a little bit pale and lack contrast. I find that the reality is a little bit better than this in the print, but it's a good guide as matte papers are never as punchy as glass prints. If you want to make some changes to your images just for print, it's a good idea to make a variant, which is a virtual copy of the original image. In Capture One Pro, when you right-click a thumbnail and select New Variant, you get a copy of your image without any of the changes that you've made to the image. Assuming that you want to keep those changes, and make further adjustments for your print, select Clone Variant from the shortcut menu. Another very useful feature in Capture One, especially when it comes to preparing for print, is the color readouts. Generally, when printing, you want to avoid total black and total white. I often don't heed this advice myself when it comes to blacks. I'll go to 100% black, and my printers usually handle it fine. But it's worth understanding this theory, and generally worth trying to avoid pure white. Select Add Color Readout from the bottom of the Picker Tools, which is the second from the right in the toolbar above the viewer in this screenshot. Then, click on some of the key areas of your photograph. I like to check the darkest area, and the brightest highlight, and the mid-tone. When I place these colour readouts on my original image, the background was zero, total blank, and the shell was 255, which is pure white. 
So I created a clone variant and adjusted my levels to bring these values in just a little, which would be good printing practice. You can see that now in my resulting image, my darkest background has a luminance of two and my brightest highlight on the, the shells on the Himba girl's traditional necklace is 253. Her face is 111. Another option for checking the darkest and brightest areas of your image for print are the exposure warnings, which you can turn on with the warning triangle icon in the toolbar. I set my highlight warnings to 253 and shadow warnings at 2. As you can see from this screenshot, the background is mostly 2 or darker, but I intentionally darken that and I'm fine with printing this image as it is with just a little tweak. Of course, if you want to make any other modifications for print, increasing contrast, changing the colours to stop them going out of gamut, now would be the time to do it. Unfortunately, I've not found a way to display gamut warnings in Capture One Pro, so unless it's really well hidden, I don't think it supports it. I'm hoping that this is something that will change at some point though. Once you have your soft proofing done and are ready to print, you could of course just send the photo to Photoshop and print from there. But just as I always printed from Lightroom, I love to be able to print right in my processing and workflow tool. Plus, I hate printing from Photoshop, so I've been printing quite happily from Capture One Pro for the last few weeks. Unlike Lightroom, where you go to the print module to print, in Capture One Pro, you can hit the little print button from the top menu at any time, regardless of where you are in the application. The print window opens and you get to select your settings. We can create templates in Capture One to save margin and layout information, but it forgets about the page size and ICC profiles whenever you close the program. Fortunately, these are quick settings to change, so select your paper size and the ICC profile for your printer and media combination from the color profile menu. From what I've seen so far, the print sharpening that is done by Capture One when set at 25 is enough for my own images. You may need to change this depending on how sharp your original image is, and also it may need to be increased for larger prints too. But for now, I've been leaving this at 25. You can set your margins depending on how much border you want. I use my 7-13% to offset border to raise the image up slightly. And you can see the dimensions I use in my print borders spreadsheet that you can download at mbp.ac borders. Once you have entered your border dimensions, click the templates pull down and select save user template. In this screenshot, you can see that I called this one 18 by 24 inches, 7-13 borders. So, once that's set up, I can quickly recall all of my margin sizes and I'm ready to hit the print button. Another very cool thing about printing from Capture One is that when I switch from landscape to portrait orientation, it automatically switches the borders around for me. So I no longer have to save a separate template for each orientation. The only thing that I don't like about printing from Capture One Pro, and I'm hoping that this will be changed very soon, 
is that it does not pass the file name to the printer. It prints everything as untitled, and that renders the accounting manager with my Canon Large Format printer pretty much useless. I need to be able to identify files printed to find the print costs, and when they all say untitled, that becomes a pain, especially when I sometimes have to show the cost to customers via email, because without their file name in the accounting information, I could be charging them for any old print. Okay, so we'll wrap it up there for this week. As I said, I'll be in Greenland when this is released, and I'm not sure I'll be able to record an extra episode or two while I'm in Reykjavik before I start my Iceland tour. So there may be a bit of a blank before I get caught up again at the end of September. Do stay with me though, because I'll be back and I'm looking forward to sharing my new work with you and putting together a tutorial on how I'm processing images in Capture One Pro 9 as well. Remember that if you decide to buy a copy of Capture One Pro, you can get a 10% discount if you use our voucher code AMBP, and that's A for Ambassador and MBP for Martin Bailey Photography. Note that this offer is not available for subscriptions or the Sony version of Capture One Pro. Also, note that you can download a fully functional trial version of Capture One Pro from the Phase One website and try it out for a full 30 days before you buy. See if you love it as much as I do. Keep in mind as well that you can see all of the photos and screenshots that I talked about today and links to the various things that I'm talking about on the blog at mbp.ac 538. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. And if you don't already, please subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure uninterrupted delivery. If you have a moment to rate the podcast or leave us a review in iTunes as well, that really helps to keep us relevant in the huge number of podcasts out there now. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back as soon as I can with another episode, but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.